everyone. Welcome to the I Don't Know Show with Joe. I'm Joe, and I don't know much about baseball, but my guest Mark Weiss does. Mark, thank you for joining the show. Sure. So, Mark, what what's your relationship with baseball? Are you a fan? Do you play specific teams that you follow? Uh, that's a good question. Um, I started watching and playing baseball probably when I was really, really young. I remember going to like sleepaway camp, not sleepaway camp, it was like day camp. Uh-huh. I must have been probably like third or fourth grade. Uh-huh. And they had like this baseball league um, in the camp. So like they would break the camp, the campers up into like four or five different teams. And base- uh, I think it was an even amount, probably four teams. And then you would just play each other like every day. And then uh-huh. you'd go through the other three teams and you'd do that again. And eventually they would have like a winner, but like it wouldn't really matter because we were like little kids. Right. Um, but I just remember I loved it and I was, I played second base at the time and I was very, very like intense about it. So I would like, <laughs> I would like die for balls and I would rip my knees up because I was wearing shorts on uh-huh. a, on a like Marine park in Brooklyn. And there was not the, like the, the dirt is not like smooth. It's just right. rocky. So like if you would die for a ball, you would just destroy your knees. Yeah. And, uh, I remember I was like, Oh, I would come home. My mother would be like, what? <laughs> why is your whole like legs bleeding? And I'm like, Oh, I don't know. I played baseball today. And she's like, stop, you know, diving. And I'm like, okay. And then I'd wait like a couple of days till it would like heal up. And then I would do it again and rip it open again. Wow. Um, you ever think about wearing pants or like, no, <laughs> 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 when you're in uh when you're in third or fourth grade you know these, these things don't i don't know why they don't they don't go into your brain you know it was worth the pain i, I just you know I, I always loved it and then when i got older i got really tall so i couldn't play second base anymore because you know you got to bend down you got to uh-huh. pick up the ground balls you have more like real estate to get down it's right. slow and, you know, and people are faster. So, like, you really need to, like, so then I moved either to, like, an outfield spot or I started playing first base because I could stretch out and, like, you know, get the balls. Um, oh, wow. So that's, you know, I started, you know, and then I remember I started watching baseball. Um, so I was born in 85. I remember my first vivid memory of watching baseball was, like, 94. Uh-huh. I was nine. And... uh I was, you know, growing up in New York, I was a big Yankee fan. Well, I wasn't, but, you know, the Yankees were pretty good. And yeah. uh, and then 95, they were, you know, even better. And then 96 started the, like, revolution, right? Like, that was the, I don't know how much you know about baseball. but I'm, ba- not, I'm learning. Okay, so 96, <laughs> 96 was, like, a massive, massive year. Uh-huh. It was the beginning of the Yankee dynasty. Okay. Um, so they, they won the championship in 96. 97, they lost right before the World Series, and then they won 98, 99, and 2000. Uh-huh. 2001 was the 9-11 year. Uh-huh. They went to the World Series again, but they lost in the, in the seventh game, one of the greatest World Series ever. And then again in 2003, they went to the World Series. So they went to the World Series, one, two, three. They won four out of five, and then they, they lost two more after that. But overall, it was six World Series in eight years. Uh-huh. Which is unheard of, because considering there's 30 teams in the league, to, for you to go six yeah. out of eight years is insane. What what explains their how, why were they so successful for so long? Ah, uh, so this is what we're going to be talking about later, uh-huh. <laughs> because I really wanted to talk about like the greatest pitchers of all time. Okay, and that '96 was the first year that 
the greatest, in my opinion, pitcher of all time, uh-huh. started playing, and he was on the Yankees. Okay, and he started that year, so he was a massive reason for that like renaissance. Uh huh. But it was more than just him. There was you know Derek Jeter. I'm sure you know the name. Um, Derek Jeter. That was his rookie year. So uh-huh. he started in '96. Okay. It just kind of like they had what they call the core four, which is like four main players. It was Rivera, um, Jeter, uh, Posada, and Andy Pettit. And they were like the main reasons. Like they all started coming together uh-huh. on that year. And then it just became like a dynasty. Wow. Um, so it's just interesting. We could go through a little bit of the history of that. Yeah. But then I just became like this massive baseball fan and I started following it. And I'm like a statistical guy. I'm, you know, math and everything. So it just started like talking to me, you know, because yeah. like everything in, in baseball is stats. Yes. And, and I wanted to ask about that, too. Yeah. Uh, we're going to get to that. Let, how, let, how about let's uh, can you give a brief overview of the rules of baseball? Just for people <laughs> who might not be familiar I actually, uh, there's some sports I struggle with the rules. I think baseball is pretty straightforward, but there's different positions, bases, maybe just a brief overview. Uh, it, it's, it's a, it's a weird game that's like centered around the number nine. Uh-huh. Um, there's, uh, so you have nine position players on the field. Um, you have nine innings, everything's chopped into like pieces of nine. Uh-huh. Um, you, the, so the field is I don't know. This is, it seems weird, but like the field is, you know, if you have four bases, um, guy pitches the ball. If, you know, in the beginning, I guess when baseball first started, it in was in the beginning, that's the, that's the, the famous, uh, baseball joke for the, Jews in the beginning, right? I say, where's baseball in the, in the Torah in the beginning, in the beginning. Oh, gracious. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> You made it this long without hearing that joke? No, I never heard that before. <laughs> um, I guess, I guess, like, I don't really know, but I think it seems like as if the origin of the game was just, all right, we're going to throw a ball, and you're going to hit it with a stick. Uh-huh. And if you hit it far, and you could run around these bases and score. Um, but then they realized that, like, oh, you know, nobody's like the guy throwing the ball is just not going to let the guy hit it. He won't throw it anywhere near him, you know? Right. And therefore he won't be able to get it you know, hit. So like they, they have like the, the strikes in the balls, right? So like yeah. you have to throw it in the little box, like between like the chest and the, and the knees. And like, I think this is, I, I don't know exactly how wide the, the plate is, but mm. maybe like a foot and a half or so. Um, and then it's like, okay, you have to throw it in, in his like bread box. Right. Otherwise, if you don't and you throw it outside of that four times, which is a ball, right. then he gets a free pass to first base. Right. So, like, it, it incent- not incentivizes, but, like, kind of, like, punishes the pitcher for not giving him a pitch to hit. Right. Because um, the, the pitcher and batter are on opposing teams. So, you got to make it – you have to give him an incentive to actually pitch the ball right. where it's possible to hit it. Exactly. Yeah. Right. So, and if you do that, then the guy doesn't hit it three times, then he's out. So that's basically the premise of it. Then you go around the four bases, you know, and score as many runs as possible. So uh, it's every called three a, it's outs, called it switches, run. and it's just nine times two, so 18 uh, phases, I guess. Yeah. And then whoever has the highest score at the end. Yeah. They're, it's called runs. It's a weird... They're not called points. Every other, every other <laughs> sport, every other sport, they're called points. They're really not like if you say points, like it's like a that's not allowed. It's not it's not no. points. It's runs. No, it's a wow, run. Wow. Okay. Yeah. Even in the stats are like, like runs batted in, 
you have like earn, well, I guess earn, in soccer average. it's like goals right the goals or do they say points yeah but it'll still be like okay the score was three to two no. right it was three points to two points or three i guess three goals to go i don't know it's but it's like baseball is right like, right 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 it's such an old sport and it's like so there's so much tradition in it right that they don't want to like let go of certain things yeah. up until like two years ago they didn't let the until covid um the, you know we could go into this further also but there's you know the dh right so that's the designated hitter right so you know back i don't even remember when the first dh was but um the american league there's there's two there's two pieces to ba- major league baseball to the league right there's the american league and you have the national league so the american league was like okay we the, these pitchers suck let's <laughs> let's get somebody to hit for them because because they suck and they're like okay fine cool so they got a they, they suck at batting yeah okay let them focus on pitching yeah. they're, they're not not supposed to you know so whatever. every every player on the team has to take a turn at bat so they're right. trying to find a loophole to say they'll they'll run the bases, but someone else will bat for them. No, they don't even run the bases. Oh, they don't even run the bases. Nope. Oh, uh, it's, so it's like a one for one replacement. It's yeah. Like, okay. It's a designated. He's hitting. They don't for, play outfield. He's only a hitter. He only hits, uh-huh. and he hits in the spot where the pitcher would be. Uh huh. Right. So the American League was like, okay, cool. This is a good idea. And the National League was like, no, this is blasphemy. Like it's you know we're we have tradition, uh-huh. and you know the pitchers have always hit. Even if they suck, who cares? Like, they, it's tradition. <laughs> and up until, like, literally COVID, like, two or three years ago, they kept that tradition and the pitchers still hit. Uh-huh. Even though they were, like, striking out, like, 90% of the time. Wow. Yeah, it was like, you know, as the game developed, you know, the, the, the discrepancy between, like, position players and pitchers, you know, with the ability to hit got even wider and wider. Uh-huh. And, uh, and eventually they were like, all right, we got to get rid of this. But they still held on to it, and uh, it was only in COVID when, you know, they had they had to like make a um, a shortened schedule because they could only play for like three months out of the year instead. Uh-huh. So uh, so they were like, okay, um, it's not even anymore because usually that like you would have the same a certain amount of games against the American League and a certain amount of games against the National League, and when you played in the National League, you you would follow the National League rules. If you were in a National League ballpark, let's say the Mets, for instance, right? Uh-huh. So the Mets are in the National League. If the Yankees play the Mets in the Mets stadium, the pitcher would hit. Oh. And if the Mets played the Yankees in the Yankee stadium, they, the pitcher wouldn't hit. Because wow. it would follow the rule of what that league is. Interesting. Which is stupid, right? Yeah. It's a, it's a, dumb, <laughs> it's a dumb thing because the Yankees were, were used to... Not, like majority of the games were playing in their stadium or other American League stadiums. Uh-huh. So they wouldn't... They paid a lot of money for like a player that would be a DH, right? Right, because it was an everyday part of his lineup, and then they would go to the National League, and they would lose that guy. And all of a sudden, the pitcher's right. batting, but you would lose a massive part of your lineup, right? Because you know you're you're in a different league. So for years, everybody was like, "This is this is ridiculous," you yeah. Know? But they wouldn't let it go because of tradition. So you know, they thankfully COVID. I mean, not thankfully COVID happened, but I'm saying like. Like and messed up the schedule to the point where they were like not even amount of games uh-huh. in the American League and National League, and they were just like, eh, "Screw this!" Like, there's no way to figure out which which games should have the pitcher right. hitting, which right. ones not. Let the let the DH be in every game, uh-huh. and then they had that for like that one shortened season, and everybody's like, "Yeah, you know, this is kind of nice," you know, yeah. like so. Let's adopt this forever, and then they made a CBA, which is a collective bargaining agreement, to institute it like 
permanently in the National League. In the National League, so the National League now has designated hitters. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, that's it's recent. It's the last couple of years. Was there also a thing where they w- they would have a hitter, but the other person would run? Wasn't that also part of designated hitter or no? No. So that's a that's called a that's called a, a pinch, pinch runner. Hitter. A pinch runner. Uh, pinch hitter refers to you're throwing out terms here, man. I'm just <laughs> I, I don't know what they are. <laughs> a pinch hitter is when you have let's say a player. Um, that's an everyday player, like a second baseman, uh-huh. okay? And he bats lefty, okay? And the other team is like, all right, you know, this guy hits better against left, uh, like right-handed pitchers than left-handed pitchers. Like, according to statistics, he's a much better hitter if the pitcher is righty. So um, they'll, let's say the pitcher that's pitching that day is lefty, and it's like late in the game, eighth inning, tie game, this batter comes up and he's a lefty hitter. And you're like, all right, well, we know that the this guy is hitting better against righties and the pitcher in the game right now is a righty. Uh-huh. So we're going to take out this pitcher. We're going to put in a lefty uh-huh. because we have an advantage over the hitter by putting in a lefty because he's not good against uh-huh. lefty. Interesting. So, so the, then the, the hitting team will be like, uh-huh, you know, you thought you had us, we'll take out the the batter and we'll put in a righty batter. To Can like, they just keep switching back and forth? Yes, they could keep switching back. <laughs> <laughs> they could keep switching back and forth, but you only have a certain amount of players on the team. And once a player enters a game and he leaves the game, he can't come back into the oh, game. Oh, so they can't keep switching back and forth. It's right. like a in, out, and that's it. Right. It's not like like in football and basketball, like you could, you could take breaks, you know, you get hurt a little bit, you come out for a couple of minutes, you come back in. Baseball is not like that. If you get hurt and you leave, even if it's a minor injury, you're not allowed to come back. Mm-hmm. Doesn't matter if you're a pitcher, or if you're a hitter, whatever. Well, baseball has plenty of breaks built in. Yeah, it's a <laughs> slow-moving sport, but uh, I mean, if if you're playing, uh, do they call it offense? Yeah, I guess. Or infield? What do they call it? You're, when you're batting? Yeah. Okay. Well, when the team's batting, if you're not the guy batting, you got plenty of time to <laughs> to, yeah, to you chill. Got, you got some time to chill. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. it's not the. Uh, yeah, it's it's made to like kind of like just chill out. Not every not every sport needs to be a hundred miles an hour like football. Yeah. You know what I mean? Sometimes it's nice to just go to a baseball game and not have to like pay attention to every little second. You know, you're just kind of yeah. like hanging out. You know, talking to people around you. Well, football is only like a hundred miles an hour for like ten seconds at a time, and then they stop. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. But if 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 you really watch, like, this is not about football, I guess. But if you really watch football or even baseball, to be honest with you. Um, there's so much going on in between plays. Yeah. There's so much coaching and right, strategy. Right. Um, if you for for like the normal regular like blase fan, you're just like, okay, this is kind of boring. Nothing's happening. Throw right. the, throw the pitch. Um, but for like a real baseball fan, you understand like, okay, he pitched it inside, and now the guy right. might think it's coming inside. So now we're gonna pitch it outside. There's like the strategy to the positioning of each pitch. It's right. not just these guys are professionals. They they're not just throwing the ball randomly. They're right. they're hitting specific spots. There's there's a whole strategy to it. If you have let's say like a like a guy that you know that he's better like maybe he's got short arms, maybe he's a shorter guy, I don't know. So he can he could hit the inside pitch a little bit better, you know, then you'll throw more to the outside or if he's good at th- hitting the outside pitch, you'll throw more inside, up, down, right, right, left, whatever. If you know a guy for instance is he he's overzealous and he'll swing at something that's not a strike 
you know, then you, why would you pitch him a strike if he'll swing at something that's not a strike? Right. So like, you know, you, at the, every, every single pitch yeah. is literally a strategic move. Um, I've, I've watched like, um, baseball games with friends or like on dates, for instance, like we go to a bar and it's like a baseball game on a TV and, uh, and like, She'll be like, oh, I never understood this game. It's like such a weird game. And I'm like, okay, you know, give me five minutes. I'll explain it to you. And literally, like, in five minutes, just, like, watching, like, two or three at-bats, she's like, oh, I didn't even know. Like, like there's so much yeah. involved in the game that you wouldn't notice if you didn't, like, point it out. If something, somebody, like, didn't, didn't know baseball, didn't point it right. out. So it's, it's, there's a lot more than, you know, it's like the Transformers, you know? Oh, gosh. Um, that's cool. No, I get so I understand like why why people watch baseball. Uh, you know what's exciting about it, and we're gonna get into stats and all those things. And I mean, I get that part. But like, so for example, so you're you're a Yankees fan, right? Yeah. So like, what does it mean to you if the Yankees win or lose? Like, what what's your relationship with the Yankees? What's well, I grew up in the I grew up in Brooklyn. So it's like it's just like a, a personal relationship. Like if you grew up somewhere else, you would have be a different team. I mean, I know a lot of people that grew up in one city and they're fans of another team because you know their father. You know, let's say you know you grew up in New York, but your father was from I don't know Chicago. Then you're a Cubs fan because he's watching the Cubs every night, even though you're physically in New York. You know he's still rooting for a team, and you're you're seeing him on the couch every night watching the game, so you become like a fan. Right. Um, some people don't have any parents that like are into sports, and you know they just you know I, I can't even tell you how many people I I know that like grew up, um, you know in like the '90s. They were like, oh, you know, I'm a Bulls fan. You're not from Chicago, but Michael Jordan, right? Like, right. You you go like you see these guys on TV every single day, the big stars. And you become a fan of you're becoming a fan of that player, right? But then when that player retires, right, you continue following that, that team. team, right? So like, it, there's all kinds of different reasons for people to be different fans of different teams, right? But for the most part, you if where you grow up is what you're gonna be a fan of, uh huh, right? Interesting. So, uh, so how, how much time per week do you watch baseball? Well, you watch every game, every Yankees game, or or not even. Or you just like look at the scores. Like what? What's how much time you spend on it? I mean, the the season goes from about April, beginning of like April first. Now it starts already, like the last week of March, um, until it ends in like the first week of October, and then you have the playoffs in October. Uh huh. Um, so it's only it's half a year or so, a little more. Um, when the season is going. See, baseball is interesting because it has 162 games. Uh-huh. Um, they play basically every single day. If you if you get one day off in a week, you're like that's like a like a big deal. Uh-huh. You know, most of the time you're playing every day. Um, every team plays every day. Yeah, you um, think about it. You have what is it? April, May, June, July, August, September. Six months, right? Six times thirty is 180 days, and you're playing 162 games in 180 days. Wow. That's a lot. Right. So you get 18 days off over a six-month period. That's pretty wild. How, uh, how many like, extra players do they have? Like, the, like, let's say like one player, maybe not like the pitcher, or, or, but like, let's say just like second baseman. Like, how many of those games is he playing? Or like, do they get switched out? Or like, is he playing every, every single day? 
so this was kind of like what you're asking is kind of like an evolution of baseball back in the day and i mean like pre-90s i i i chop baseball up into like sections Uh uh-huh i'll go through that in a second but basically pre-90s like a player would play every single day Uh uh-huh they would play all 162 the only time they would ever miss a game is if they were injured or if they weren't that good and like they had like a be- like a pitcher that was like really dominating them that day, they'd give them a day off and they'd put like a different hitter in that would do better against that pitcher. Uh-huh. But for the most part, like if you were one of the top three, four players on your team, you'd play every single day. Wow. Um, then like in the 90s, it started like, okay, you know, these guys are getting worn out. You know, their their workout regimen was very different. Then, you know, back in the 50s and the 60s where they were just kind of like, they weren't making that much money. So right. they, they were still like, you know, working other jobs. Like guys back in the 50s, 60s, they were like, you know, packing groceries in the off season to make money because like they, they, they couldn't afford to live, you know, outside of baseball season. Now all of a sudden, like, you know, guys are making, mil- even like the worst player on the team is making a half a million dollars. He's fine. You know, like he doesn't need to work during the off season so he could kind of just work out all the time mm-hmm. but with that you know and staying in shape came a lot more injuries you know people are more tight you know it it like the, over over the time the evol- you would think the opposite right you would think they'd get better at like you know being in shape well, um, they got better at taking steroids right yeah <laughs> so that's another that's so <laughs> so here so that's what i'm saying this is what i was talking about which is like the the, the errors of baseball, like the chunks, it's broken into pieces. Uh-huh. So yes, you're right. It's very possible that the 90s, and there are, there's a lot of statistics to, to back this up. I even brought some statistics with me that, you know, once the once steroids became like a main thing in the 90s, people started getting injured a lot more. Uh-huh. Um, you know, it was messing with their bodies. And, you know, they were just trying to get as big as possible to hit the ball as far as possible. And they were breaking records and viewership was up. 100%. So, like, it's hard to, like, say no to that, right? Like, okay, no, don't do this, but we're making bazillions of dollars over right. here. So how do you stop them from from doing that? But then eventually Congress got involved, and, you know, there was the famous, you know, hearing with uh, Rafael Palmero and Mark McGuire and Sammy Sosa, and I don't speak English. I don't know if you know the whole story. No. But, <laughs> but basically, like, this dude, does, you know, he does interviews every single day, speaks English. <laughs> he went to Congress <laughs> and said he doesn't speak English. Yeah, it's a very famous story. That was Sammy Sosa? Yeah, because they were asking him he about... He was from the, on the Mets, Sosa? He was on the Cubs. The Cubs. This is like... Because in 98, it was Mark McGuire and Sammy Sosa. And... There was, uh, you know, the record for the most home runs in a season was 60 by Babe Ruth. And then Roger Maris hit 61. But people were like, no, that's not a real record because back when Babe Ruth played, it was 155 games in a season. And then they added seven games. So uh-huh. now, now it's 162. And he broke it within those seven games. Right, right. So they're right. like, oh, that's some bullshit. You know, sorry, yeah. I don't know if I'm going to curse. No, of course. Uh, but they're <laughs> like, they're like, oh, that's not fair because he got extra days to to break it. So it was always like this, like debate. Like, is sixty the real record? Is sixty one the real record? Right. Nobody right. knows. And then like, nineteen ninety eight comes, and Sosa and McGuire both break sixty one, and like McGuire hits seventy. Uh huh. And then like. Like Sosa hits like 66 that year, 68 or something like that. 
And they're like, okay, some, this is like the height of the steroid era where like everybody was hitting 50 home runs in the, in the league. And back in like Babe Ruth's day, it was like one person. It was him. Right, right. And now it's like you have like five guys in the league that are doing it every single year. Um, and then three years later in 2001, Barry Bonds hit 73. Right. <laughs> so like it's just, it, it just, it became in, it like insanity. And then like the government was like, okay, we got to do something about this. It's. Clearly, you know, these guys are like massive and, you know, they're getting hurt and it's, you know, younger players that are not even in the major leagues are starting to like see them and taking these things. And, uh-huh. you know, you know, it's one thing for like a, a millionaire athlete to do it, you know, with like trainers and all kinds of doctors and right. you know, making sure they're doing it correctly. Even them, they're getting injured. But like imagine like a minor league player right. taking this stuff that doesn't have the proper trainers. They could kill themselves, you know. Um, so they started, you know, coming in and, and really like butting into the baseball's business and then uh-huh. that created a whole, another whole shift. And then eventually baseball was like, okay, we, we're losing money because the viewership is down because we're not hitting as many home runs. Right. So, but we can't tell these guys to start juicing again. So what are we going to do? So they started manipulating the ball oh. um, and they started making the ball tighter so that it would travel farther. Um, so that even regular so the guys, league changed the ball. Yeah, yeah. There's, there's a whole like conspiracy about this. That this is so. The, the, is this a, uh, a fact that you're saying, or this is like? It's uh, a fact. Yeah. Okay. So, so they know it now. Oh, so so this was hidden. It kind of. I don't know. I mean, the players had to know the ball felt different. It's very very subtle because uh-huh. you're not really. It's not the size of the ball is the same. Uh-huh. But it's just the amount of like springiness yeah yarn that they put in the side of it or how tight they wind it or like it there's, there's a whole science behind it but like to they wanted they and still till today like they're manipulating the ball like season after season oh wow and a lot of the players are getting annoyed about it because they're not really finding the exact amount that they want to whatever they also just had major rule changes last year oh i want to ask about that yeah what what kind of rule changes so over the years you know like as the game has developed they've They've changed rules based on you know the climate of like how players are and big how big they are and you know where the players are. So what happened was is that analytics, you know the the movie Moneyball with Brad Pitt. Uh, I you know I don't know if I saw it, but I think I know what it's about. Yeah, tell us. It's so it's based on a book. Yeah. Written by uh, about Billy Bean, who is the um, general manager of the Oakland Athletics. He, baseball is, basically unfair. Um, the there's no salary cap in baseball. Uh huh. It's I think it's the only league that doesn't have like a limit on how much money you could spend on your team. So a team that's in New York or L.A., for instance, the Yankees more specifically. Yeah, the right? Yankees. Um, well now it's the Dodgers. Um, I'm saying even historically, I feel like the Yankees spent a lot more than the Mets, right? Even though the Mets were also in New York. They were all in the same city, right. So that doesn't make any sense. Yeah, but um, the Mets were always... So the Mets owners were the Wilpons who were dealing with Bernie Madoff and they lost, oh, a lot wow. of, they lost a lot of money in the whole Ponzi scheme thing. So they were always like cheap. Uh-huh. And they wouldn't spend... Even though they made as... Like, but before they, before they knew Bernie was a scam, they probably thought they were rolling in it. They were, but they were still cheap back then. Even, even though they had the money, they didn't want to spend it. But after Bernie like went to jail, it, it became even worse because they lost a lot of money. Yeah, they, they didn't sh- have it. Should have spent it before. Yeah. So, <laughs> so, uh, so, like, yeah. Even like growing up in New York, that was an interesting time, right? Because like you had these Met fans that were like, "What the hell, man!" Like, 
the Yankees are spending like 200 million yeah, on their team. Yeah. And, well, why aren't we spending the same amount of money? We live in the same city. You right. know, we have the same, you know, revenue stream, you know, maybe not as much because the Yankees are historically, you know, great franchise. They probably have right. more fans, but there's no reason why we can't be in the top like two or three spenders in the league, right. you know? Um, but yeah, that was, so now they sold a team to, um, to Stephen Cohn. The Mets. Yeah. Okay. And he's this really bazillionaire, and he's now he's like break. Last year he broke like all the records. Oh wow! He spent spent like three hundred something million dollars on his team, and they sucked. Oh, so not <laughs> he didn't break good records, just spending records. He he thought he <laughs> he I, I don't I don't want to speak for him, but he the, it seemed as if like he's like all right, you know we had these like Wilpons that were just like cheap bastards for all these years. I'm gonna come in and just buy everybody. Uh-huh. I'm gonna buy every single player that's available, and we're gonna win, and it's gonna be glorious. And that's not how baseball works because it's it's not about that. It's more about the statistics and the strategy and all these different little things. And they sucked, and so he just like traded off all the players that he bought, and he's like, okay, we're gonna burn this down. We're gonna start over. Um, but it's it's a part of the sport, which is like it's unfair. There's no reason for there not to be a cap like every other sport has. Uh-huh. But you know, you have these the players association who it's like a union that represents the players and they want as much money as possible, right? They get a percentage of every player's contract. Uh-huh. Right? So they don't want there to be a cap on how much you could spend on the players cuz then they lose money. So every couple of years when the agreement, you know, expires and they have to renew the agreement, and all the fans are like, great, this is going to be the year that they're going to agree to make a salary cap. And then they, 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 they talk about some other garbage like, oh, minor leaguers or like some international players need an extra couple of dollars. And they throw it off the table. So who, who wants the salary cap? The players? The fans. The fans. Yeah. But maybe, maybe it's cool that there's no salary cap because it's kind of like uh, capitalism. Whoever spends the most money wins. Yeah, but it, it makes it on. It's not... What's the what's the word? Um, Do you know the not, statistics of how much each team spends every year versus how like the winners? Like, it, does it follow very closely? Yeah, for the most part. So that's pretty cool. So it's a game of capitalism. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I like it. So like like for instance, this this year the Texas Rangers won the championship, and they had like three out of the top twenty paid players in the league. And do the teams that spend the most money also make the most money? Like, do they get more ticket sales? Do they get more merch sales? Or however, what's their main revenue stream? Like, how do they make money? You Advertisements? Would, you would think so, right? Yeah. So there was an interesting little um, kind of test that happened recently, which was the San Diego Padres, uh-huh. who are not in a big market. San Diego is not a massive market. And plus, they're right next to L.A., and L.A. has two teams, and... They, you know, a lot of the play, a lot of the fans that are in between L.A. and San Diego, I guess, root for L.A. So right. they, they don't really make a whole lot of money, but they were like, screw it. We're going all out. And they, for the last like two, three years, they just started buying players and trading for like massive stars. Uh-huh. And they didn't win. Uh-huh. <laughs> so it's, and they weren't really making a lot more revenue than they were when they sucked. Uh-huh. So it was just kind of like, okay, maybe. But you're saying they still sucked. Even with the spending the money, they were better, uh-huh. um, but they they were nowhere near like the top of the league. Uh-huh. And yeah. what's worth spending money on, players or coaches? 
In baseball? Yeah. I I don't I honestly I don't I don't think the the manager they call first of all it's called a manager in baseball it's okay. not a co- it's not a coach they don't have coaches they have coaches for like pitching or hitting but like oh, the guy I see. the I guy gotcha. that's in in charge of the whole well, thing well even the coaches for pitching or hitting but yeah manager okay right um I don't you know obviously it makes a difference you have a guy that knows what he's doing you know how, how to manage a bullpen bullpen is like the the pitchers every yeah. every team has a whole bunch of pitchers. And um, in every game, like I was talk- telling you about before, there's like certain matchups that you want, uh-huh. right? Like when a player is like good against lefties, you'll switch it out right. for a righty. So this way, you know, you have an advantage over him. So the, the, you're constantly changing pitchers all game, basically. Well, there's a starter, whatever. We could get into that also. But basically, you, most teams use about three, four pitchers, pitchers a game. Um, so having a manager that knows which pitcher to put in and which situation helps, right? Uh-huh. It's not always about like the numbers. It's, it's not, you would think it's easy, right? Okay, this guy hits 50% of the time against righties, put in a lefty, right? But, you know, sometimes there's a flow to it. The, 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 even though he's a righty, he's got like a certain, you know, charisma going. He's, he's pitching well. You maybe leave him in, you know, even though you have a, you know, the guy will hit better against a righty and a lefty, but he's doing well. So there's a certain amount of like managing for that specifically. But for the most part, it's like I could probably put a lineup together. Can it, can AI do a better job? Like you could probably put in all the players' histories and then the AI could come up with the most optimal matchups and, you know. Yeah, for the most part, you could. Like that's what I'm saying. Like I don't know how much they, how much baseball is more coaching like the the hitters and the pitchers off out of the game, uh-huh. right? Teaching them what to do, how to do things, different situations. Once you get into the game, um, it's not. I don't f- feel like it's that difficult. The, the uh-huh. managing the bullpen is usually the hardest um, thing to do. Um, but just you know, like you have to make a lineup, like what order the players hit in. I mean, it, it's not easy. I don't want to. I don't want to take away like everything from them but at the same time right. it's not like being a football coach you know it's not like being uh i don't know a basketball coach is like you know right 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 i hear that there's actual like plays that you have to make and there's actual like decisions you know how much how much time they should play, be on the field you know if they're getting tired right rest and there's a bunch of different things involved baseball you know, have none of that really yeah it's really just when should we take the pitcher out when should we put another pitcher in uh-huh Okay. It's more about the players then. Right. Uh, There are some people out there who find baseball boring. Yeah. I've heard them say this. I've heard a rumor that they're considering changing some rules to make baseball more exciting. Yeah. They've already instituted that. Yeah. What kind of rules? So they've been talking about this for years. Uh Um, Basically... You know, you have the TikTok generation today where (laughs) everybody's got like a five-second attention span. Right. So... You know, it used to be that a guy would throw a ball and then they would like sit there for like 30, 40 seconds to contemplate what the next pitch should be and where it should be. And, you know, and, you know, the baseball was like, OK, we're losing fans because it's taking too long and they're losing interest and they're just leaving. You know, they're not watching the games. So they made a pitch clock. Uh-huh. Um, so now you have now once you release once you release the ball and the catcher catches it and he throws it back to you. The second you get it back, it's like a 20-second clock. Oh, wow. If you okay. don't throw the ball in those 20 seconds, 
then they count it as if you threw the ball outside of the strike zone and wow. you get a ball. So, you you know, you don't obviously that's a disadvantage for the pitcher. So they're not going to want to do that. But but what happens if the batter because sometimes the batter also walks away, swings the bat around. So does the pitcher's clock pause when the batter walks away? Or do they both have 20 seconds or the, whoever? The batter has even less time. I think he has like seven or 10 seconds that he has to be ready to hit. Uh huh. And the pitcher then gets like another 10 seconds after that to like oh, okay. actually throw the ball. But it used to be like you could have like like a minute in between. Yeah. Now, now it's 20 seconds. The so. pitcher walks that way. The batter walks that way. Right. They kind of dilly-dally. Yeah. Yeah. 100%. That, that existed. Yeah. Um, I didn't mind it because I was in the game. Like I was watching the game. But I understand that like a casual fan would be like, okay, what the hell? You know, this is, <laughs> <laughs> this is boring, you know? Um, so yeah, so they changed that. Another thing that they changed was they changed two other things actually. Um, you know, in the like back in the you know early days of baseball, before steroids, before people were just hitting the ball a thousand feet, um, there was a lot more strategy to the game where you would steal bases, right? Like you'd get on first right. base, you try to steal second, the guy would get a hit, you'd try to run in from second. There's a lot more action going on. Right. People are running around, you know. But then people started taking steroids, starting hitting the ball out of the park, and they're like, okay, we don't want to steal a base because even if we're successful like 70% of the time, 30% of the time we're getting out. And that 30% of the time that we're getting out, the guy could have hit a home run and scored you, right? Uh-huh. So what's the, what's the point of stealing a base? You know, it doesn't, doesn't pay. Right. So pe- teams started getting away from stealing bases and it it became like not a thing anymore in baseball like people were just trying to every single at bat was everybody's trying to hit a home run Uh um which is also bad because like if you're trying to hit a home run you're probably not going to hit the home run most of the time it's not easy to do and then you're just getting out you're not even getting singles you're not getting doubles you're you're not getting on base at all it's just boring you Uh know uh you know so so um they changed it to, you know, you can't, um, you, they wanted people to steal more bases, so they made the bases bigger. Interesting. So, so now there's less space in between the base. Whoa. Because if, if you, let's say there was 90 feet in between. Yeah. Right? For, now if you, if you put an extra foot on each side of the base, now is 88 feet. And that was to encourage them to continue doing the stealing. Right. Interesting. And most of the time when you get out from stealing, it's like... Like a like a like a like a bang bang play like right you know it's like one second it's not like you're five feet away from the, the plate you know from the from the from the base that you're stealing you're usually like a couple of inches away from the base and you're out right but if the f- base is a foot closer to you <laughs> you know you're gonna get you're gonna be much more su- much a higher percentage of chance that you're gonna get be successful yeah and then all of a sudden maybe it's worth doing again right. Or even if you're not like completely stealing, I feel like they're always leading, right? And then yeah. a lot of times they get out, just uh, the pitcher uh, looks behind him and throws it quickly before he could get back on there. That's called a pickoff. Yeah, pickoff. So, so you know, the batters are always trying to like get a, a lead. They're you're allowed to go off the base once you're safe on a base. Then you're allowed to like lead off the base in case the guy hits the ball. You have like a head start to the next right. base. Or if you want to steal the, you know, the base, then you have a head start. So, you know, some guys that are faster will, you know, lead off a little bit more. You know, they'll, they'll take a couple more steps off the right. base, kind of daring the pitcher. And so if the pitcher sees the guy is too far off the base, 
he could actually throw it back to the where the base was, and the guy has to get back. Because the guy has, if if he's just standing in nowhere's land, then he's out. He's, he has to be on the base does to be safe. Does the pitcher always see it himself? Does the umpire like tell him like is this, you could get the, like does someone signal to him that he could uh, get someone out, or the pitcher has to realize it himself? Okay, so the umpire in baseball is a referee, right? So referees can't change; they can't affect the game. Oh, sorry, not the umpire, the, the catcher. catcher. Yeah, the catcher. the catcher. The catcher could tell the pitcher like, "Yo, that guy's the guy's taking too far of a lead. Throw it to first base." Yeah, you know, um, they're they're not going to be like adamant about it because then the guy on first base well, they got a signal like, yeah subtly the guy will see that like hey he's not, he's gonna throw it let me go back now right so they kind of like they do like a little like thing with their pinky like you know you know throw yeah. it there throw it there right and they do it like in between their legs so like the guy in first base doesn't see them doing it right um <laughs> yeah that's like another whole aspect of baseball which is just like the, the signs and the, like the game within the game uh-huh um was was there something I heard about them uh, lessening the amount of innings from nine to six or something like that? No. Or shortening like a time? They'll never do that. But um, are, are, were people talking about that or no? So they had during COVID, because there were so many, there was, there was like very few amount of games. A lot of times you'll have a double header, right? So let's say let's say you playing you're playing four games in a row against the same team. Usually it's against it. Usually when a team comes, they're not going to play one game and leave. Right. It's like a lot of like flying, you know, probably costs a lot of money to like have flights every single day. Right. So usually when a team comes to a city, they'll play for like three or four games uh-huh. and then they'll leave. So let's say, uh, I don't know, the Dodgers are flying across the country to play the Yankees in New York. Right. So they're going to be there for three games. And then day one, it's pouring. Right. You can't play baseball in the rain. Because, you know, the ball is slippery. Right. Right. So they cancel the game. But the Dodgers will never come back to the Yankee Stadium the rest of the season. Uh-huh. So they're in New York now. They're going to be here for two more days. What are we going to do? We'll play two games tomorrow. Uh-huh. And then we'll play the third game the next day, and you're good. You got your three games in. So they do – it's called a doubleheader. They'll play two games in a day. Um, but both games will be nine innings. Uh-huh. So usually they'll be like, okay, the first game will be at one o'clock, the second game will be at seven o'clock. So you have like a three-hour break in between. Sometimes it'll be like, no, we'll just play both games right at back to back. You know, like we'll start at four and then we'll just play two games straight. That happens, but it was always nine innings. And then in COVID, there were so many cancellations because right. because players were getting right. sick. Yeah. Right. So they were like, okay, if you have more than a few players or like there's a breakout on the team, they had to cancel the game. Right. Forget about rain. Like there was players that couldn't play. So they were just canceling games right and left all uh-huh. the time. Um, sometimes they would cancel like three, four games in a row because wow. they're like, okay, the guy got COVID. We have to wait three days now, you know, to see if like the positive test came back or whatever yeah. it is. So they were having so many double headers and they were like, okay, we can't. The players won't make it through this. Oh, wow. So they decided that the second game of the doubleheader, or both games of the doubleheader, actually, would be seven innings. Oh. So it would be seven and seven instead of nine and nine. And this would kind of like... Do they ever do triple headers? No. But there's been times where, like, there's also a thing called extra innings, right? Like, if, you, if you're if you tied at the end right. of the nine innings, you keep playing until somebody yeah, wins. Yeah, So it's not like a timed game like fo- like any every other sport. Right. Um, you just keep playing until somebody wins. So it, there's been games that have gone like 
18, 20 innings. Right, right. You know, which is like two and a half games in, like out of one game. Yeah. So if and you they a, continue to both sides, right? So like the the person who upped the score, the other team, if they're on the bottom of the inning, get get a chance to tie it again and continue, right? Correct. Right. <laughs> so that's so that was another rule change they did recently in the last couple of years. I believe this started in COVID. Was after the ninth inning, they didn't want games going forever. They uh-huh. didn't want games going to like 15, 16 innings um, because people would lose interest and it wouldn't be good for the players because they're playing too much. Um, so they decided, decided after like the ninth inning that beginning of every t- turn that you have to bat after the ninth inning, you already have a player s- standing on second base. Oh, so this way, like a little head start to they'll score, yeah. right? Because the chances of you scoring when somebody's starting on second base is like astronomically bigger right. than, than when you have nobody on base. So, uh, so and it worked. Like everybody was scoring in the tenth or eleventh inning, and that was it. The game was over. Like it wasn't going past that. Interesting. Um, so they kept that's a rule that they kept still till today. Um, I don't know if they still if they have it in the playoffs. I think in the playoffs they just say, you know, you know, we're playing regular baseball. Like there's nobody, you don't get a free runner. But during the season they still have the uh-huh. free runner. I don't know when they have that until. I don't know if that's like a permanent thing or if that's something that there's they still have from left over from COVID. COVID changed a lot of, yeah. of the rules in baseball. And then there's one other big rule that they changed last year, um, which was shifting. Um, so you know, the money ball thing that I was telling you uh-huh. about, that was about analytics, yeah. right? That was the beginning. Like Billy Bean, who was the, we got way off, t- off, off subject. Over no, here. I love this. <laughs> we got That's way off subject. But let me bring it back for yeah, a second. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So when I was talking about the, the salary cap in baseball, that there was right. no money, there's no like limit that you could spend on a team. The reason why that's important is because the teams that are in smaller markets like Oakland, yeah, right, or Kansas City, or Detroit, or whatever, they're at a disadvantage. They can't spend as much money on their team as the, like the Yankees and the Dodgers can. So they always were worse than the other teams. But starting, I guess, like in the '80s, when like free agency really started becoming a thing, um, you know, before that, it was like the players would be on a team and then they would stay on the team. But then, you know, the unions got involved and they're like, no, we don't want to stay on this team because you're not going to give us as much money as the other team would uh-huh. give us. So we're leaving. You know, we'll sign a two-year contract with you. After two years, if you don't want to give us like $100 million, we're going to go to another team that will give us $100 million. Screw off, you know? So like that became a thing. And then this shift happened where like the bigger markets were able to be better um, because they were able to buy these players from other teams that are better. So Oakland was always like a small market. And they weren't good for years, for many, many years. They're still not good. Um, and along comes this guy, Billy Bean, who's like a genius. And he's like, no, I have like the answer to this whole thing. Everybody is trying to get the guys that could hit the most home runs. But what if we got the guys that walk the most? Like, what if we, like, nobody's paying attention to these dudes, right? Because uh-huh. they're not hitting a lot of home runs. But they're getting on base all the time. So really all we need is, like, two or three guys that can hit home runs. And if there's other people on base, 
then when they hit the home run, it's worth three point three runs, right? Right, right. Instead of hitting three solo home runs, like one run home runs, right, we'll hit one home run with three two guys on base, and this is the same thing as hitting three. And this way, we could compete with all these big teams because we don't need nine guys on our team that can hit home runs. We only need three. Right. So this is like genius, you know. So just just to explain, if people don't know, walking is when uh, the the pitcher throws uh, four balls, which are not. Uh, hittable uh, pitches, or if he hits them uh, right, then they get to walk onto first base for free. Yeah. So the the people who had the most walks, ha- what is it about a person that gets walked a lot? Some people have just like they see the ball better. They see the bo- the spin of the ball. They oh, they re- know not to strike because they know it's right. outside of the zone. They're Correct. good at knowing where the ball's going. They have a lot of discipline uh-huh. uh, as to not swing at pitches that are not inside the strike zone. Okay. Whereas you have like other guys that have zero discipline and they'll just swing at anything. Right. So that's part of the strategy of the game. I was telling you before, where like if you know a guy is not gonna, he'll swing at something that's not in the strike zone. Don't throw him a ball in the strike zone. Why? Right. What's the point? Why would you do that? He's not gonna. He's gonna swing at it anyway. Right. So you know that becomes part of the strategy. But if you're able to identify the guys that are good at uh-huh. walking, then it's almost as good as a home run if you have a guy behind him that hits a home run. Yeah. It, you know what I mean? It quadruples the, the value of the home run if you got bases loaded every time. Right. Exactly. So, like, this is what Billy Bean figured out. And he started, like, signing all these, like, low-level players uh-huh. that would just get on base all the time. And and they started winning. And he just focused on pitching. Like, if, if the other team can't score and we score four, three runs... We'll win the game. You know, everybody else in baseball was like, okay, if the other team's scoring four runs a game, we have to score five. And he was like, no, we just have to score three and just not let them score three. Right, you right. Know? So it became like this whole, like, watch, you should watch the movie. It's, yeah. it's really fascinating what he did. Um, but that started like a revolution of, of analytics uh-huh. in all of baseball because other people started seeing how good this really small market team was doing and they're like oh what year was this <sighs> or what era this was that's a good question let me because uh... because the other question i was going to ask i think m- maybe related to this or maybe not is you know my impression is like statistics and like baseball cards uh, it seems more prevalent than other sports. Like, there's a reason, you know, you have like basketball cards and football cards, but they're still called baseball cards. That's like the, the standard. People know batting averages and pitching speeds and no hitters, and you know. So yeah. it seems like people, when it comes to baseball, they know the stats more so than than other sports and is it related to like this concept or is it just that's how it always was baseball was always a statistical game um this just put it into overdrive uh-huh so i just looked it up um the book came out in 2003 okay okay this is after this is during the tail end of the yankees dynasty so the 2003 that's when the guy did this that's when the book came out that's when the book came out. He was doing it? he was doing this ready for a couple of years before that. Oh, okay. Um, he, and he was winning, and then they wrote a book about it, and uh-huh. then that book became very popular. And then about eight years later, they made a movie about it in 2011 with Brad Pitt, and became like a big thing. But it's it's really fascinating. Uh-huh. The, Put like, it in the show notes. What he did. Um, so it kind of like even the playing field, right? 
now all of a sudden, like you have like these teams that don't spend a lot of money that are able to compete with the teams that do spend a lot of money because they're smarter. Right. But <laughs> eventually, this, the teams that could spend a lot of money realize that these guys that walk a lot are valuable. So they just started offering them more money. And then that took away the whole advantage of the, 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 the smaller market. Right. He found, a, you know, in, in like market terms, he, he found the uh, arbitrage opportunity. Right. And then as soon as everyone f- figured it out, it was no longer right. arbitrage opportunity. Right. Have there been other moments like that? Or is that like the main one? That's the main one that I could think of without like cheating. Like there was a whole scandal with the Astros in 2017 uh-huh. where that they were cheating. Um, How were they cheating? They were like using cameras to like watch the, oh. other, the other players' signals and stuff like that. Um, so yeah, that was that's straight cheating. They got very severely punished for them. Well, not severe enough, but in my opinion, but <laughs> they, they were they were they were definitely punished for that. Um, I don't remember another time where, like, again, not in my lifetime, where it was something like that, where, like, the analytics just took over. Um, but it did create this wave, and this is what the thing I was telling you about with the new rule change, where it didn't just create, like, how to find a player that's that could walk a lot. It it became, like, everything. Like, they started measuring, like, how quick, how many times the ball spins when a pitcher... Because they were able to get, right. like, as technology... Right, right. Um, ...like, got better, they were able to put cameras that literally, like, would slow... Like, the guy would throw the ball 100 miles an hour, and the camera would, like, count how many times right. it would rotate. And they'd be like, okay, fine, like... This guy's had a thousand rotations. This guy only had nine hundred and fifty. So the guy with a thousand, even though it's the same speed of the pitch, but it's spinning more, it's harder to hit. Right. And they they started with technology and analytics together. They they were able to like, it's really fascinating what they yeah. were able to do. But they they just started like knowing exactly where to throw people pitches to people, how to like, and then hitting went away. You weren't able to hit anymore because the pitchers had these massive advantages of knowing exactly what to do and when to do it. Right. Um, and then another aspect of that was the shift. So they realized this is always a thing, right? Like you had a big power hitter that had a tendency when they hit the ball to hit it in a certain direction, right? Normally, when you're a batter, if you're a, if you're a lefty, right, then you're going to hit the ball to your right. Right. Because your front hand is your right hand. Right. Your backhand's your power hand, right? So if you're a lefty, you're batting over here. You know, people can't see this, but basically <laughs> basically your right hand is your the hand that's facing the pitcher. Right. So when you swing at the ball, the left hand releases. Right. And the right hand stays on the bat on the follow through. Right. And so normally you'll pull it, right? Which is yeah. to the right. Because the you know and the opposite for a righty. His, right. His, he's gonna stand with his left hand facing the pitcher, his right hand's gonna be behind him and when he swings the bat he'll either release his right hand at some point or he'll follow through with the right hand but either way he's gonna he's gonna tomahawk it to the his left right right so everybody knows that you know even when you're like in little league like when i was a little kid i knew when a lefty guy came up which is very rare in real life you know like in major league baseball like it happens all the time but like when you're playing on the playground 
90% of the people on righties. Why does it happen more frequently in Major League? They, they specifically try. look for lefties to even it out? Or? No, they try to hit lefty, even if they're not a lefty. Oh, interesting. Yeah, they'll, they'll, they'll practice it because they know it's an advantage because uh-huh. they, they know most people are righties. So if, but if everyone's practicing lefty, then... Not everybody's good at it. Uh-huh. Right. Usually it's not easy to make it like that. Right, right, right. Right. So, so most people end up going back to the right side because they can't, they just can't do it. But like the people that are able to do it are at an advantage. So, wow. Yeah. And some people are actually legitimate lefties, whatever, but I'm just saying like, you know, it's a thing, but we knew, you know, even growing up, like, okay, a lefty hitters up shift, right? Right. Because he's going to hit it to the, to Uh to the right side. So if you're playing second base, don't play up the middle, play in between first and second, because that's where he's going to hit it. If you're playing shortstop. Move over a little right. bit to the second baseman so that, you know, because he's going to hit it there. And, you know, ever since ever since this analytics revolution took over from, like, Moneyball uh-huh. and, you know, people started like, okay. Much they know more, for every player. Every player where they're going to hit the ball. Right. Not, not just, like, in a general direction. Like, exactly where they're going to hit the ball. Like, if we throw the ball three inches off the plate inside, he's going to hit it like three inches away from the second baseman so right. like put a guy there right and it got it got so exact that like people were just not, like the batting averages like the percentage of the time they got hits like plummeted it went uh-huh. from like wow 28 percent to like 22 percent batters able to do anything to account for that like in, in poker like if you're known as the the guy who bluffs then you could not bluff and then they'll think oh well he's bluffing so he's definitely not bluffing and then you have like multiple levels of like right is he doing the thing to not do the thing because he knows that you know that you know that he knows right so <laughs> are the batters like accounting for like what the field knows or or can they not keep up with that level of analytics on the batting side so the answer is yes right they know what to do they know they could see you know because you're 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 at the plate you see where the player, the the, right. the the fielders are going. You're like, okay, four guys just went to this side. <laughs> I'm gonna hit it that way. Right. Like I'm gonna go against what they're doing, you know. And these hitters are so skilled that they can do that. Like if if they if they wanted to, they could like kind of like change their swing a little bit and hit it short and like go the other way, uh-huh. away from where the, the 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 fielders are. But it became like like almost like a sickness in the in the league where they just wanted to hit home runs all the time. Ah, oh, so they're like they couldn't resist. Right. <laughs> <laughs> they knew if they would shorten their swing up and hit it the other way, they wouldn't have as much power. Their power is this way, right? Cuz that's their natural way to swing. If yeah. you're a lefty, your power is to right to the right side. Yeah. So if you're going to want to hit a home run, you're going to hit it I would say 3 quarters of the time or even more. A lefty's home runs go to the right side. Uh-huh. So they know that. Everybody knows that. So they're like, okay, I could go to the left side. But I want to get a home run. But I won't hit a home run. Oh, I'll get a single. Wow. And who cares about a single? You know, it's stupid. Right. So they would they would still, sw- even though there was like five guys sitting right there, they would still swing right into them. That's hilarious. And yeah, <laughs> it just became, it became unwatchable. You know, wow. like it was so annoying because nobody would ever get on base. They yeah. would just... First of all, they would half the time they wouldn't even hit the ball because they were just trying to hit a home run. So they would swing out of their shoes, which is obviously much harder to hit a ball when you have no discipline whatsoever. Right. So, <laughs> so they would strike out all the time, 
Um, and the pitchers knew this, so they wouldn't even throw them anything like any pitch like strikes. They would just throw them like on the floor, and the guys would still swing at wow. it because they were just trying to hit home runs. They didn't they didn't value like walking. They didn't value singles. They didn't value anything. Only care, the only thing they cared about was the home run. So it became like this thing where they were striking out like half the time, and even the times that they would hit it. They would hit it like right into the, the fielders that were like bunched up right next to them. Wow. Because they knew where they were going to hit it. And it just became like so annoying. Like the, the league became, <laughs> it became very, very annoying to watch it as a baseball fan because the thing that I loved about baseball growing up was the strategy. And uh-huh. now all the strategy is gone. Oh. You know, because all these guys are trying to do is hit home runs. They're not trying to like, because like the normal strategy in a situation like that would be like, all right, I'll take a single, I'll hit the other right, way, right, and let's. You want to play this game? Let's play this game. You know, right. But they wouldn't play it. So the baseball was like, all right, we got to stop this. This is too much. So they took away the shift. You cannot shift now. So the you you're not allowed to put a player on that side of the field. Like even if you know the guy's gonna hit it that way, because baseball was like originally they were like, okay, hitters. It's your, this is your responsibility to adjust to what they're doing. Yeah. But then they weren't adjusting. So baseball was like, all right, we're just going to ban the other team. From what? A- yeah. That's what happened. Wait. So, so, so instead of the batters adjusting, they just tilled the field. They weren't allowed to shift mm-hmm. more than a certain amount. I'm assuming they could shift a little bit. No, a little bit, but not, they, they're not allowed to like put the shortstop on the other side of second base. Oh my base. God. They have to stay on their side of the field. That's so lame. Yeah. So it, it, it created more offense. Because the guys still weren't trying to adjust. They were still trying to hit home runs. But now, even if they didn't hit a home run, let's say they hit a ball on the, on the ground this way, you know, their, to their strong side, there weren't as many fielders there. So there was a, bigger, bigger, a better chance that it would get through and it would get like a single. Even wow. if they weren't trying to get a single. Well, I got, I got to say the other rules you mentioned so far I, it kind of made sense to me. This one it makes no sense. Like, I... I, I I don't know. That sounds silly. But we're almost running out of time, and I really want to know <laughs> who's the best pitcher of all time. <laughs> yeah, so, so you know, that was something. When you asked me to come, right, you're like, okay, dude, what, what, what could be the topic? And I'm like, talking about, like, everybody has a different opinion of what's, who's the best pitcher ever, right? And there's all kinds of statistical analysis that's, that, you know, backs this guy and that guy uh-huh. and if you have if you know if you talk to like five different baseball fans from different cities and you ask them that question you'll get five different answers right there's very little consensus on this it's not like who's the best basketball player michael jordan right or lebron james like there's like really just two um you know base like football like who's the best receiver it's jerry rice like this you there's every sport has their like guy but baseball does not it's interesting um so I personally think, you know, and I'm super biased because I'm a Yankee fan, but, you know, I was going to make an argument that Mariano Rivera is the best pitcher ever. Okay. And it was, it's a little bit of a, contra, you know, controversial answer because he was not a starting pitcher. Uh-huh. He doesn't. So, you know, like in the beginning of the game, you have a pitcher that goes. How, for, how controversial is this opinion? Like, do others <laughs> share your opinion or is this like your opinion? But no, most people disagree. So I looked online, like I did a bunch of searches for like greatest pitcher of all time. There's like a whole bunch of websites that have different yeah. like lists. I haven't seen one that even have him in the top 10. Oh, wow. Um, which is like blasphemy to me. But like most people won't consider him one of the greatest pitchers ever because he was not a starting pitcher. Uh-huh. He didn't start the game. Um, he only ended the game. 
Okay. So usually the way it works in like the hierarchy of like pitchers is that you'll have starters and you'll have relievers. The starters will pitch majority of the game. They'll pitch until they can't pitch anymore. So, and then once they start getting tired, because it's it's, it's taxing, you know, to throw 100 miles an hour 100 times, then they'll put in like later in the game, like 6th, 7th, 8th, 9th inning, they'll put in like a specialist, right? This is something that we talked about a couple of times over the course of this conversation, which is like if you have a lefty that's better against righties, you put in a lefty, right? You change the pitchers. So there's like specialists. That's called a reliever. And they're usually put in in specific situations. Um, Mariano Rivera was not a starting pitcher. He was a specialist. He would only come in for like one inning every game. And he, uh-huh. wouldn't, and he wouldn't even pitch every single game because the situation that they would put him in was only if they were up by like two or three runs in the last inning. Uh-huh. So, he, you know, the, how many times that he, he, would, he would maybe throw like 60, 70 innings over a course of a season, whereas a starting pitcher would throw like 200 innings over uh-huh. a course of a would They would pitch literally triple what he would do. So a lot of people won't ever say that he's the best because he didn't pitch as much as the other guys. Interesting, yeah. But that doesn't mean he's not effective. Like if you look at his statistics, he was more effective in his 65 innings than anybody's ever been in the history of the game. So it's just uh, that was the argument I was going to make, but we don't have enough time to, to go through why you know, that argument makes sense. It, well, you could embellish a little bit. So, you, so you're saying that which statistics lead lead you to believe that uh, that he's the the best? Like, wh- is it uh, number of uh, uh, you know how many strikeouts per uh, pitching or like how many? Yeah, like like what are you basing it on? Yeah, so there's there's a whole bunch of statistics that measure like how good a pitcher is, right? Like you said, strikeouts. That's not the greatest thing to to measure a pitcher by. Because just because you get a lot of strikeouts doesn't necessarily mean you're effective, right? Right. You know, you could you could strike out a guy and then the next three guys hits a home run and then you strike out another guy. Okay. So you, so you got two strikeouts out of five, right? But let's say there's another pitcher that gets three ground balls and they're all outs. Uh-huh. So he got three outs, nobody scored. The other guy got two strikeouts, but three people scored. You know, just because you're getting strikeouts doesn't mean you're effective. But usually, like, the, the guys that get a lot of strikeouts are pretty effective. Right. So I don't want to, like, make it sound like, you know, the strikeout guys are not effective. They are because it's obviously they're better. They're good pitchers. But it's not – to me, that's not the way to, like, evaluate how good a pitcher is. Uh-huh. It's one of the aspects of a pitcher, but it's not the, the main thing to evaluate. So you're more so looking at during the time that he's pitching, how many runs were there? Right. So there's a thing called an ERA. Uh, the, everything in baseball I told you was st- is statistics, right? You go, get, you, you're watching a game and a guy gets up to bat and like a whole bunch of statistics right, will right, just right, flash right. on your screen. There'll be like a batting average, which is the percentage of time that he hits the ball that he gets on base, right? Then you have like, a, like an on-base percentage, which is, you know, even if he doesn't hit the ball, how many times does he get on base? Like with walks and hit by pitches and errors and stuff like that, right? Errors don't count in on-base percentage, but whatever. Um, then you have amount of home runs that he's hit. And the RBIs, like how many runs he scored in because he hit the ball and how many runs he scored himself that he ran around the bases and how many stolen bases he has. And there's a million different statistics that flash on your screen. The same thing happens with pitchers. There's a bunch of different statistics, right? But one of them, so the, one of the main stats that they would look at a pitcher to see how effective he is is a thing called an ERA, earned run average, right? Okay. What is an earned run average? Um, so like, like a batter, let's say he's batting 300, right? It's 30% means he's, he's 
30% of the time he hits the ball, he gets on base. A pitcher, let's say 30% of the time that he pitches an inning, he gives up a run. So his ERA would be a three. What, is, what does a three mean? It means that like 30% of the time times nine. They always multiply by nine, assuming that the pitcher would pitch the whole game. So they take, let's say you have, I'll give you an example. Guy throws 100 innings, gives up 50 runs, right? So that means every, every inning he gives up a half a run, right? If he would pitch nine innings, that means he would give up four and a half runs over uh-huh. the course of nine innings. So his ERA would be four and a half. Okay. Okay, that's how they measure it. Yeah. Right? It's kind of stupid. I, I think they should change it to like per inning. It should be like 0.5 per inning, whatever. Uh-huh. But they don't do that. So they, they, they're still like in this old traditional like mindset of like, let's, let's assume he pitches the whole game, which nobody does anymore. Oh, interesting. Okay. You know, what, what would, how many runs would he give up if he pitched the whole game? Right? But I really think if you want to measure it apples to apples, it should be like, like a batter. Like what percentage of the innings? Right. Like, is it, whatever. But that's how they, they that's how they do it. So ERA is based on nine innings. Even if a guy pitches only one inning in the game, so if he pitches one inning, gives up one run, right? Then his ERA for that game is. Uh, if pitches for the whole game, he gives up one run. Then it's gonna, no. If he pitched one inning and he gave up one run, oh, and he leaves the game, what's his ERA for that game? Uh, it's going to be nine. Right. Yeah. Because they're assuming he's a like, yeah. They, they they right. So his ERA, Mariano Rivera's ERA is the lowest ever uh-huh. for any pitcher that's ever pitched a thousand pitches a thousand innings at, or more except so before 1920 <laughs> this, is, this is going back way back they, it was called the dead ball era so the the way that they make the balls now that is able to like fly uh-huh. when you hit it that didn't exist back then. Right. It was like hitting a rock. Right. <laughs> like they were pitching rocks at you. Right. So even if you would hit it like square, uh-huh. it would go nowhere. Uh-huh. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like it would go. So that changed in 1920. Um, and so they still have statistics for the guys before 1920. Okay. But, so if you discount but it's not fair. those. Right. Yeah. Because they, so from 1920 till today, Mariano Rivera has the lowest ERA for any pitcher pitching more than 1,000 pitches. A thousand innings. innings of all time. Of all time. So how come he's not on anybody's top ten list? Because he's not a starting pitcher. Oh, interesting. So they, all the top tens were only looking at the starting pitchers. Right. Okay. But here's the cool thing: the when when a player retires five years after they retire, they're eligible to be voted on by by the Hall of Fame. Uh huh. And over the course of history, the the Hall of Fame is voted on by writers like newspaper writers and whatever um so you have to like be there's certain like specifics that you have to be to be able to get a vote in the hall of fame you need to like be a writer for like 10 years and certain like level of you know publication and there's a whole bunch of different rules but basically when a writer gets their vote it's like a big deal um over the course of history nobody not a single player not babe ruth not like you can name any player that you know in baseball, Mickey Mantle, Joe DiMaggio, you name it. Nobody was ever voted a hundred percent. Uh huh. Because they like these like baseball's like this old school like mentality of like nobody's the perfect player. Yeah. Because if you vote a hundred percent, that means that he's the greatest player ever. Right? And you can't do that because what if somebody comes in next year and they're better? Right? So they nobody's ever gotten a hundred percent. Rivera 
was the first player ever to get 100% of the vote. Wow. And he wasn't a starter. And he's still, till today, the only player ever to get 100% of the vote. Okay. That's a very compelling argument. I, I can't say I have anything to disagree <laughs> with it, but I'm convinced. Um, and that, uh, Well, you know what? We're, we're at time, and I don't want to go into extra innings here. Here we go. So, Mark, <laughs> uh, before you leave, what is one thing, if you had to choose one thing that you want me and all of our listeners to know? About baseball? Yeah. Uh, I would say, I mean, if you're not a fan, if you, the, the sentiment that you expressed before that it's boring. I said, some people say, some people say it is boring. <laughs> I would say, you know, give it a chance. Give peace a chance. Like just sit down with, if sit down with somebody and that knows the game, like really knows the game and just watch for like an hour, like put your TikTok down for like an hour of your life. Yeah. And just allow yourself to learn and let them explain it to you. And you might actually like it. Maybe you'll, you know, you'll learn a little bit because it's kind of a fascinating thing. Now I know. Let me know when you want to go to a game (laughs) (laughs) or watch a game. Thanks, man.